I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello everybody, I'm David Weider This is my beautiful wife, Lynn I get to say it again. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Glory to God. I just enjoy being able to say that all month long. Well, I enjoy being able to say it all year <laughs> long, but for y'all's benefit, I only try to, you know, I try to limit it, hold it down only December, but it's so funny because the the friends that really know me well and know what, what Christmas, you know, is, I mean, I'll tell them, you know, in, in they may have a birthday in July, and I'll say, hey, happy birthday and Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Well, let's have a word of prayer, and then we want to get right into today's broadcast. Father, we thank you for this another opportunity to gather around your word, study the, study the handbook of life, the user's manual that you've given us to operate and live a completely victorious life in every area of life. Spirit, soul, body, financially, socially, in every area, family, glory to God, children, marriages, every area of life. You've given us the keys, the word of the living God to enable us to live it to the fullest of life till it overflows in victory. We thank you. We're so grateful for your son, Jesus, and all that was provided through him. We give you all the glory and all the honor for it in his Name in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's get into the word. We have been talking about the <coughs> real <laughs> great commission. Not that what most people think of is wrong, it's just a little bit incomplete. They need to be more aware of particularly a couple facets of the Great Commission. And we've been talking about the name of Jesus and how it's not just talking about Jesus and it's not just talking, um, you know, about his name, but it's actually using it on purpose as a tool, recognizing that it is backed by all the power of heaven itself. And you and I have been given full power of attorney, legal right to use it as Jesus' representatives on this earth. Glory to God. So I'm still fired up about it. <laughs> I kind of stay that way all the time. So I want to look, we're going to be looking at the early, because this is what the early church was acutely aware of each element of the Great Commission. And that's what they walked in and that's what they used and that's what they operated in. And I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but this, all four aspects, the, the teaching and the preaching, 
to all people in the name and the power is what resulted in finally even worldly people said those that have turned the world upside down Mm -hmm. have come here also. Now, how many people in the world do you know talk about us today, the church in general, as those that, that turn the world upside down? Not too many. And I really believe that one of the reasons for that is because we've neglected these two areas in particularly where the Great Commission is concerned, the name and the, and the power. But it's starting to come back. It's starting over the last year or two, you see where people are like, we can't have this person in office mm-hmm. because they're going to make these changes. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We can't there was a have big fight this, recently about that. <laughs> we can't have this judge appointed because she stands for biblical she's principles. She's going to turn the world upside down. Yeah. And they're trying everything they can to stop it. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, they can't do it. Mm-hmm. They can't do it. All right. So let's look at an example of this in Acts chapter 3. And we'll see Peter using this. Now, remember, we're looking at the four components, preaching and teaching, all the people <clears throat> in the name, using the name, and with the power. power. Okay. So let's look at Acts chapter 3. And we're looking, of course, at, the, um, at when Peter ministered to the man at the beautiful gate. And Peter, verse 4, And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Now that's big there. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Notice Peter had the revelation that it is his. Mm-hmm. This is something he has. He owns this. It's been, it's been given to him. Give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received Strength. Okay, so now we see him using the name. Mm -hmm. We see a demonstration of the power, and we'll see why here in just a few minutes. Now, let's see what other elements are present here. So look down here in verse 12. Um, And when Peter saw it, there's quite a commotion here. Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel. All right, so now we got the name, we got demonstration of the power, and now he's teaching and preaching to all the men of Israel, the people. All right, so there we've got the elements all in one place right there. He goes on to teach. I mean, he teaches all the way through the rest of this chapter. Verse 16, he says, It's the name through faith in his name has made this man strong. And something important in verse 12 was... He's like, why are you looking at us? That's right. Yeah, that's right. It isn't through our own power or holiness that we made this man to walk. Mm -hmm. So when people say he could do that because he was an apostle. Right. Yeah. You know, for years, that's what they say. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, of course he could do that. He was an apostle. But all of that, all of that stuff passed away with the apostles. Well, that's not true. He just got done teaching it. it. It's nothing to do with them as men. It's not me. So 
go on over to, to chapter four because this event caused a massive stir. This is how you turn the world upside down. This thing caused a massive stir. And in uh, chapter four, verse one, you see where the Sadducees and the priests, <laughs> the Sadducees were sad, you see, because they couldn't do this. And so they got mad and upset. And so they called Peter and the, and the disciples on the carpet. And you see him ask a very specific question in verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Okay, now, most people, and it is true to a certain extent, it's connected because we just saw that the last two broadcasts, we talked about the power and authority of the name. But they asked, they were very specific. They asked two things, by what power and by what name have you done this? All right. Now, Peter is very precise and very accurate in his answer. Look down here in verse 10. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel. There we are. Here he's preaching to all the people of Israel again. This is part of the Great Commission. That by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken any longer. But notice what he said. By the name of Jesus Christ. The only problem with the way most people read that is they think Christ is part of the name. It is not. Okay, let me say it again. Don't just just (laughs) calm down. We're going to prove this out. Christ is not part of, it's not Jesus' last name. It's not, it, okay, all right, we're just going to go show it, okay? Turn over to 1 John. Don't get all upset, stay, stay with us, stay with us, you're going you're gonna to see it here. All right, 1 John chapter Five, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. There's one witness, okay? Back up a couple chapters to chapter 2 and verse 22. And you will see who is a liar. That's pretty serious. <laughs> who is a liar, but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is not looking like a last name. Let's go, going for a third witness now, go over to Matthew chapter 16. This is vital information that you've got to not just acknowledge, but you've got to incorporate. You've got to integrate it into your system so that you are able to use it. 
Matthew chapter 16, and let's start in verse, um, well, let's see, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But who, whom say ye that I am? Now look at what Peter said. Verse 16, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. All right. So now we've got three witnesses saying that Jesus is not Jesus Christ, first and last name. It's Jesus is the Christ. Well, this isn't, this isn't unheard of. Go back a couple chapters to Matthew chapter 14, and you'll see an example of this. And look, first of all, right there in uh, chapter 14 of Matthew verse 1, at that time Herod, Tetrarch, the Tetrarch, had uh, heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, this is John the Baptist. Okay? So that's what most people think, you know, John the Baptist. But move on down to how they actually just referred to him in everyday conversation. Look at, oh, let's see. Mm, okay, so we go on down through here, and Herod had promised uh, this, this lewd woman <laughs> um, whatsoever. I mean, it pleased him, and he promised whatsoever up to half of his kingdom. And so, uh, verse 7, whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she asked. And she, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. She didn't say John the Baptist. She said John Baptist's, just like we see Jesus Christ. Well, and we do this still today. We have a pastor, and his first name is George, and we call him Pastor George. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just put it in front. Right, and we see that sometimes Christ Jesus. Exactly But it's right. the yeah. exact same thing. Exactly. Because... His name isn't actually Pastor George. Right, that's exactly But it's what he is and who he is together. Which answers the very next question I was going to ask is, if Christ is not Jesus' last name, what is it? Well, if you look up the word Christ as it's listed here in the New Testament, the Greek, and I don't know, it's an example of poor translation. <laughs> it should have been translated when they translated the King James Version. But it's just one of those words that they didn't translate. It's, the Greek word is actually Christos. It's just right there. And it means, one thing, it means the Messiah, which is the anointed. Now, if you go back to the root word that that comes from, creo, it means to anoint, to smear or rub all over, like, for example, oil. We use oil as a, as a type, you know, when we anoint people in the, in the church or, you know, christening 
of a child is water all on that child, you know? So anointed. Well, now that gives us a better idea. It's what he is. He is the anointed one. Why they didn't translate it that way, I don't know. But Well, even you, Baptist means to dunk something. Exactly, that's exactly right. So, <clears throat> and the uh, one very important thing is you can't separate someone who is anointed from what they're anointed with. They're together. So even the same root word. So it actually means or can mean the person or the anointing that the person is anointed with. And most of the time in the New Testament, it refers to both leaning more towards another. You'll remember in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. Now, most people quote that scripture saying, through Christ who anoints me. Look it up, look it up. That's not what it says. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. That's an example to where that word is more focused on the actual anointing itself. Mm -hmm. So all this thing about anointing, anointed, what is it? Well, we have to go back and look at Isaiah chapter 10. And I did not have that pulled up ahead of time. <laughs> so you have to bear with me while I scroll, scroll, scroll on my iPad because this is my new covenant sword and this is my first covenant sword. So Isaiah chapter 10 and let's look down at verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day. In what day? Well, Jesus came. The Christ, the Messiah came. That his burden shall be taken away off of thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Glory to God. Now that word destroyed, you need to look that up. That ain't just snapping a pencil in two. Because you can still use a half a pencil. You glue that dude back together or something. No, 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 no. This absolutely annihilates it. Mm. It's like, it's actually some of the words used for like rust and corrosion. It just turns that yoke to powder, unfit for the devil's use in your life anymore. Glory to God. So now we know that it's the, the anointing destroys the yoke and takes off burdens. So it has to be a powerful thing. Turn over um, to Zechariah, just a few pages to the right, or <laughs> just, a few, <laughs> just a few notches down here to push on. <laughs> Zechariah chapter 4, and let's look at this in verse 6. Then he answered and said unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might. Now, that word might, a little, a little number there, and it cross-references, not by armies, not by military armies. Physical not, force. Physical force, yeah, not by physical force nor power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Well, now that's interesting, and you, you may be wondering why I went to that scripture, because now we're going to go over to Luke chapter 4, and we're going to see how Jesus, the master himself, 
connects these. Luke chapter 4, and you will see. Now, Jesus had been baptized of John, and he went up into uh, the wilderness. It helps if I got in Luke instead of Mark. <clears throat> and, he, and he's tempted of the devil, and he comes back. Now, look at how the word describes this in Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region around. Now, make a note of that word Galilee. We're going to see that again here in a minute. Now, drop down, and let's look at Jesus' teaching about this. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. This is verse 17, by the way. Or Isaiah. Matter of fact, you can find this in Isaiah 61, starting in verse 1. And when he had opened the book, he found the place. So he took this script on purpose, the scripture, where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to see to set at liberty them that are uh, bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now back up there and you can see that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. So you can see how the Spirit and the anointing are used interchangeably. They're, they're yeah, they translated it for that one because that anointed is Creo. Exactly. They actually translated anointed. <laughs> so, Instead of saying christened me. Ex yeah, exactly. He was smeared all over with the spirit of the Lord. Now, now, let's go back to Acts chapter um, 10. Now, remember, Jesus taught on this. The spirit of the Lord <laughs> is upon me. For he has anointed me. Now, we're going to see a further clarification of this. Remember, I told you to keep Galilee in mind. Look at Acts chapter 10 and verse 37. That word, what word? The word he took the text on. That word, I say, you know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism with John preached. <clears throat> so we just absolutely pinpointed what he's mm -hmm. talking about. He was baptized John. And then he went. And then, yeah, then he anointed. went to Galilee and he taught on the anointing. Mm -hmm. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. Now, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. There's the power. Mm -hmm. The power to go about doing good, meeting the needs of mankind and healing. Jesus never did anything 
before being baptized mm. with the Holy Ghost and power. Now, I think it's worth noting here. I was actually asked the other day, and while I'm talking, turn back to Luke 24. Um, I was talking the other day, and somebody asked, but, but wait a minute, wasn't the power in the name? It's connected, absolutely. We talked about that for two weeks, the power and authority in the name. Power authority. and authority in the name. And there is power in the name, but look at this. Look at these instructions again in Luke 24, uh, 40, well, 47. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. Okay, so they've got the name right there. He, uh, he, went, he died, went to hell, was raised again. He's talking to them. He's given them his name. It's very clear in Mark's account. Mm -hmm. And Matthew, all power has been given unto me. Now you go in my name. They have the name. Right here they have the name. But yet he tells them, Behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you. Wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued. Now that word endued means put on like with a coat. Wear it like clothing. This is just part of you. Be endued with power. Well, why would they have to wait to be endued with power if all the power they needed was in the name? All the power is in the name, all the authority, but now they need some tangible, tangible, physical power. Mm -hmm. So they're intimately related, but they are not exactly the same. Jesus had his name before he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. So I tell you what. We're going to pick up here next week and talk more about this. But don't go anywhere. Hey, 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 don't go anywhere. I've got something very, very important I want to talk to you about. I'll be right back. Hey, I'm going to let the Apostle Paul do my speaking for me here for a moment in Philippians chapter 1. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship or your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Thank you, partners for getting in here and helping us get this job done. You know, in, in, the, in the Gospels, it says Peter beckoned to his partners because there were so many fish. Thank you for helping us get this word out. And I invite you right now, if you're not already a partner with David Weeder Ministries, seek the Lord, inquire of Him, and find out if you're supposed to be. And if you are, go to our website, davidweeder.org, click on partnership, and sign up. Get in here with us. I guarantee you, you'll be prayed for every day. That's first. Did you hear, Paul? That's first. You'll be prayed for every day. You'll get a partner letter every month. We love you. We want to be a blessing to your lives. And don't forget this very important thing. Lynn and I love you so much. God loves you. He's for you. And Jesus is Lord. 
thank you partners and friends for helping making these broadcasts possible. Subscribe to all our social media accounts on YouTube, Instagram, and iTunes for more teachings by David Weeder Ministries. Contact us at info at WeederMinistries.org to send praise reports, request prayer, or for more information about our ministry and how to become a partner.